Tiki Hut Media. From Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida, this is Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Wicker. I'm the lead minister over at Manatee Life. And welcome to Holy Week. Easter is this Sunday. Hard to believe we're already at Easter in 2023. And today we're going to head over to the sanctuary as we finish up our famous last word series with Today You Will Be With Me in Paradise. These are the famous last words of Jesus from the cross. And we at Manatee Life are excited to be worshiping together on Easter Sunday this Sunday. Our sunrise service begins at 7 a.m. if you're in Bradenton, Florida. We're at 315 15th Street East in Bradenton, Florida. We'll have a free community breakfast following the sunrise service that runs from 8 until 10 in our fellowship hall. And then our Easter classic worship service begins at 1030 in the sanctuary. Easter is the summit and source of our faith. We believe that Jesus is alive and is therefore at work in our life to help us, guide us, forgive us, and save us. This is good news, and on Easter Sunday, we want as many people to hear that good news as possible. There are so many people we know that are looking for forgiveness, strength for seasons of struggle, new direction in life, and most of all, hope. This is why Easter is the most important worship service of the year, and that's why we celebrate in a big way here at Manatee Life Church. As life picks up and spring begins, it's easy to get busy with our own lives and forget about what the people around us might be going through or dealing with. So this week, I hope that you'll take a moment to consider the people in your life and offer an invitation to someone to join you for Easter worship this year. And as we lead up to Easter, let's head over to the sanctuary for the fourth in a four-part series, Famous Last Words. This is Today You Will Be With Me in paradise. Our scripture reading for the morning comes to us from Luke's Gospel, the 23rd chapter starting with the 39th verse. I invite you to hear these holy words. One of the criminals who were hanging there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. Next week, as we have already said, is Holy Week, beginning next Sunday with Palm Sunday, the Sunday where Jesus is riding in and the palm branches are waving and everybody's cheering, calling him the Messiah. Then four days later, Jesus is arrested for blasphemy 
claiming to be the Son of God. Then he's tried and condemned to die on a cross, a, a punishment reserved just for criminals. He's crucified and rises from the dead three days later. All of that in the span of one week, we call Holy Week. There are so many people during that week's drama that unfolds. There's the, there's the finicky crowd, Pilate, who couldn't seem to make up his mind, so he just washed his hands of the whole situation. Judas, who betrayed him. The religious leaders who felt threatened by Jesus. The disciples who deserted him and even denied knowing him. The criminal who was released instead of Jesus, Barabbas. And then we get to our scripture reading for this morning. The two criminals hanging on a cross of their own. We've been looking at the last words of Jesus, and today we finish up this series before we head into Holy Week next week with the famous last words of Jesus from the cross when he looked at a guilty man and said, today you will be with me in paradise. One of the greatest, I'm not a great big Western movie fan, but one of the greatest Western movies I think ever made was a movie called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. You laugh because you knew the song. You knew the song. It was made in 1966, starring Clint Eastwood. And that song, the music from that movie, has become iconic. Everybody chuckled when that song came on. It's a story about three men. One was good, one was bad, and one was just plain ugly. <laughs> Today, we are taking a look at another group of three men who were hanging on crosses together some 2,000 years ago. One was good, one was bad, and one was just plain ugly. But not necessarily physically ugly. He was spiritually ugly. The three men were being punished for crimes, but only one of them was innocent. One of them was not guilty. In Jesus' day, crucifixion was more than just a way to execute someone. It was more than just a way to kill someone. It was actually a weapon of terror. Those who didn't walk the line were nailed to a cross. The criminals, murderers, those who challenged the system, they were put there for everyone to see. The crucifixion was always a public display to instill fear in those who saw it as a way of saying, well, that's what's going to happen to me if I don't follow the rules. Luke spares us a lot of the gory details of the crucifixion, but we are told that Jesus was crucified along with the criminals. And as we are all too aware, that is a word that could easily describe us. 
I would imagine that most all, if not all of us, that are here today and that are watching online, we're very aware of our moral failings and shortcomings. Some of us are so aware that we wonder, is forgiveness, is forgiveness really available for someone like me? Is forgiveness really available for someone like me? Well, it's been said that a, that a person is known by the company they keep. My mother used to tell me when I was little, and especially when I got into my teenage years and started going out, she said two things to me because uh, I had discovered that girls weren't as icky as I thought they were. And so I was interested in girls at that time. And, of course, I had some friends. We ran around together and all of that. And my mother said two things to me. First of all, she said, don't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, and don't run around with girls who do. The other thing she told me was, you'll be known by the company you keep. You'll be known by the company you keep. Be careful. So it's been said that a person is known by the company he or she keeps. And in life as well as death, Jesus hung out with sinners, people like me and you. Luke chapter 15, we're told that the religious rulers were grumbling because this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus allowed a prostitute to wash his feet with her tears. Jesus called tax collectors and ordinary sinful folk to be his disciples. He touched lepers and ate with people who were considered to be unclean by proper society. And eating with someone in the Middle East in biblical time meant that you were willing to consider that person that you were sharing a meal with your friend. So when Jesus eats with these people, he is willing to consider these folks friends. Jesus ate with thieves, tax collectors, prostitutes, anybody who would have him. And as Jesus lived, so he died. His companions on Calvary that day were two criminals. It's one of the most powerful scenes in the entire Bible. If Jesus wasn't afraid to be friends with criminals, prostitutes, and people who were outcasts, then how does that apply to us? Well, it answers the question, is forgiveness available for someone like me and my shortcomings? My friend, you and I can not only receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, despite all of our warts and all, we can be his friends. We are told that they, being the two criminals and, and uh, those that were following Jesus, they were led by two criminals to be executed with Jesus, and they arrived at a place called the Skull. They crucified him, Jesus, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. But before either of those criminals could say a word, in the verses right before where we started reading today, we're told there are a number of other characters in this 
seen at the cross, at the hill called the skull. The soldiers were there and were casting lots to see who would, how they would divvy up his clothes. The people, the crowd, they were standing around watching. The religious leaders sneered. The soldiers mocked him. And then to add insult to injury, even one of the criminals who had no status, no authority, one of the lowest of the low, one of the most marginalized, outcasts, left out, cast-offs, one of the other guys hanging, bloody and desperate from a cross, joined in and insulted him. And Jesus, Jesus put up with all of it. You see, Jesus not only came into the world, he enters into our pain and hurt and horror. All of this that we see constantly and experience all around us. A world where the the good die young and the, the old die lonely. A world of wars and cancer, a world of corruption and pollution, a world of recession and joblessness. A world where there seems to be little reason to hope or to dream. When you're down in the dumps, remember that, that Jesus not only came into our world, he came into the pain and the hurt and the horror, and he wept. He wept. For the child who gets bullied on the playground, remember, Jesus has been there and is there with you. For the person who has been cast off by others as garbage, remember, Jesus has been there and is there with you. For the person who is mocked and made fun of, remember, Jesus has been there and he is there with you. For the person who is sneered at and looked down upon, remember, Jesus has been there and is there with you. For the criminal, the accused, the cast aside, remember, Jesus has been there and is there with you. For those who think they are too dirty to be friends with Jesus, to be loved by Jesus, to be understood by Jesus, to be forgiven by Jesus, remember, Jesus was nailed on a Roman cross for you because he loved you that much, and he still does. He was mocked, as he died naked, bleeding, and on display for all to see. Humiliation. And his only companions, two thieves on a cross. One of them made fun of him. The other said, we are rightly condemned, for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. The arrest, the flogging, the crucifixion of Christ, all of that is often referred to as God's passion. It's where we get, it's where Mel Gibson got the name for the movie, The Passion of the Christ. It's referred to as Christ's passion, his love for us. 
And as much as Jesus' crucifixion is holding up a mirror to us and our bent towards sin and death, it also reveals God's unending, unfathomable love for each and every one of us. God is love. And we're told in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient and kind and passionate. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never dies. On the cross, Jesus refuses to give in to the the meanness and the arrogance that surrounds him. In the face of terrible evil and despair, the passion, the love of Christ does not fade. To the cries for blood from the crowd, Jesus doesn't respond. To the clubs and whips that beat him, Jesus refuses to fight back. To the soldiers who have torn his body to shreds, Jesus offers forgiveness. To the criminal on the cross, Jesus offers paradise. There can be no doubt that the passion of God's love is much greater than the passion of evil and human despair. Could there be any better news? There's no better news than that. Jesus loves us that much, even more. From the cross, Jesus speaks to every one of us, to all of us who are dying on our own crosses, crosses of self-hatred. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm awful. Crosses of depression and despair. Crosses of neglect and disrespect. Crosses of poverty. Crosses of sexual abuse. Crosses of senseless violence. We all have crosses. We all have crosses. So, again, how does all this apply to us? Well, Let's answer three questions together. Three questions. Question number one. Do you see your need? Do you see your need? Next to Jesus, we've got a criminal on the left and a criminal on the right, both on crosses. Both were guilty, just like you are guilty and I am guilty. Both thieves heard and saw the same exact thing during those six hours. Both thieves were suffering severely. They were dying. And both thieves needed a Savior, just like you need a Savior and I need a Savior. Once recognized, the one thief says, I have a need. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The other did not recognize his need. Do you recognize your need? Second question. Who do you say Jesus is? The repentant criminal said this. He said, don't you fear God? Speaking of Jesus, he said, this man has done nothing wrong. Even the criminal on the cross realize there's something different about this Jesus. There's something different here. He's sinless. He's done nothing wrong. Who do you say he is? 
Who do you say he is? Look at his life. According to Scripture, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, humbled himself, taking on the very nature of a servant, becoming obedient even to death on a cross. When Jesus was born King of kings and Lord of lords, was he born in a palace? No, he was born in a humble stable. Not surrounded by servants, but surrounded by animals. When Jesus died, did he die while he was on a throne? No, he died hanging on a cross. Did he wear a crown of gold? No, he bore a crown of thorns. Was he surrounded by worshipers and servants? No, he was numbered with the transgressors. He was surrounded by thieves. And yet, despite all that, Jesus one time asked Peter, who do people say I am? People said, well, they say you're a lot of people, Jesus. And then Jesus looks at Peter directly and says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered correctly, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Who do you say Jesus is? Question number one, do you see your need? Question number two, who do you say Jesus is? And question number three, have you experienced his grace? Have you experienced the same grace that this Criminal on the cross experience. This is when he cried out, Jesus, remember me when you, when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said the most grace-filled, grace-powered words. Realize this man could do no good works. He couldn't do anything religious. He couldn't join a church. He couldn't do anything to pay the debt back that he owed. All he could do was believe that Jesus was who he said he was. Jesus replies, I assure you that you will be with me in paradise. There were three men who died on crosses that day. One was good, one was bad, and one was just plain ugly. Recognize your need for the man in the middle, the good one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do you see your need? Who do you say Jesus is? Have you experienced his grace? Have you asked? Will you ask? Will you ask today? As we close this morning, and after we pray during our final song, if you feel led to ask, the altars are open. I'll be down at the front. I'll be happy to pray with you. You can pray alone. However, you and the Lord decide to do that. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father.
we pause to honor you and to express our love to you for who you are and for what you've done. And we pray that in your holy presence, God, you would minister to us in a way that only you can do in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now receive this benediction. Let us go from this place. Inspire love. Embrace Christ. Engage the world. And tell somebody about Manatee Life Church. Go in peace. Amen. And don't forget, you can live stream our Easter Classic Worship Service this Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time. You just click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you right to our live stream, our YouTube live stream page. And we hope you can join us if you're not in town. If you are in town and you're close by and don't have a church home, be sure to join us, 315 15th Street East in Bradenton, Florida. We'd love to see you there, whether in person or online on YouTube. And we are excited at Manatee Life Church because worship has been wonderful lately. And I really appreciate all of you that are invested in Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. Next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, be sure to join us. If you miss our service, our live stream service, this coming Sunday on Easter Sunday morning, no worries. You can always look at the entire service uh, on YouTube. You can look at the archives. Or you can join us next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast on Wednesday, and we'll have our Easter message on Wednesday of next week. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today here on Soul Ramblings Podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And before we scoot out the door, here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Happy Easter. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker from Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. Have a great weekend. See you next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.